0: church are you thankful to be in the house of the lord tonight amen i wonder if just one more time if we could just clap our hands unto the lord just let him know that we love him that we feel so thankful for him lord we love you jesus we thank you tonight god thank you for your mercy and your grace lord in jesus name in jesus name amen praise god it's so good to be back here and uh, Ohio with you guys. Um, we truly, truly have enjoyed our time here and we're just overjoyed and overwhelmed with the uh, the kindness and the love that we have felt from you and from Pastor and Dr. Showstrand. They've just been so, so kind to us. Amen. My wife, Brianna, is not here in here at the moment. I believe she's in the, the nursery uh, She wanted to sing to you, and we're trying to get that done, but Pastor said to stop blaming Joseph, so I will be obedient. Amen. Praise God. She is uh, in the nursery right now, but I give honor to her for being here with me. I could not do anything without her. She is truly, truly uh, who God just, uh, you know she said that her Nana used to tell she asked her Nana one time uh, do you believe that there's one person out there for everyone and she said her Nana told her that I believe that it is true for me and uh, I can't say that there's someone out there for everyone but I do know for me she is the one amen thankful for that Uh, if you have your Bibles tonight um, I, I do feel direction from the Lord uh, quite strongly, and uh, I will do my best to convey the message the Lord has placed on my heart. I, uh, I worry more about the messenger than I do anything else. Amen. The message is always right. It's the messenger that I worry about. So uh, we'll pray for the Lord's messenger tonight. If you have your Bibles, we'll be looking at Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. Amen. Luke 22 and verse 31. Jesus speaking, he says, The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And watch this, he says, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. When thou art converted, I want you to strengthen your brethren. Uh, because we're here tonight, a f- house full of people, there's different problems. There's different circumstances. There's different trials that we are going through. And uh, I have learned this over the course of my life. And I just want to preach to you the best I can tonight. Uh, what God's placed on my heart. Uh, God's method of development. God's method of development. If we could just lay down our Bibles real quickly and lift up our hands and voices unto the Lord. Let's just ask God to have his perfect will in this house. Lord, I pray that you would let your word break us, let it shape us, and let it mold us God. That Lord, you would have your perfect will in this house, Jesus, that you would help us to decrease God so that you can increase tonight, God, and that you would let a ministering spirit, God, be in this house right now and let it Begin to sweep through this house and begin to minister and renew and restore Jesus. I pray, God, that you would place uh, courage and faith, God, and a spirit of boldness in us tonight, Lord, as we proceed in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Um, We often the million dollar question is when when things happen in our life, when we go through storms and crisis and times of adversity, we often wonder, why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing this in my life, God? Am I in your will or am I being condemned because of something? Am I being Corrected? Am I being... What are you? What is the purpose of all of this? And and it's just it's valid questions. We we often wonder why does God allow some things to happen, and uh, it's 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 the million dollar question. But I want to bring out to you the first and foremost thing is that you can be in the will of God and still go through a crisis. One of the the greatest deceptions that that some people will put in your mind that is, if you live for God, every day will be a Friday. I would beg to differ because if you're going to follow God's will, you're going to live for God. There will be times where God uh, sends you through a valley. There will be times where you have to Climb up a mountain. There will be times where God will test us and try us. Not every day is going to be a Friday. But we can be in the will of God and go through a storm. For example, uh, Peter, he was in the midst of a storm in the middle of the sea. And uh, the, the Bible says the winds were contrary. There was a storm in the sea, you see. But uh Just a few verses before, Jesus tells his disciples to get into the ship and sail to the other side. So now they're in the middle of the sea. Now there's a storm. Now uh, fear is settled in. they're worried about the circumstances when they forgot that they had a word from God that they were going to make it through the other side. And it was there in that storm where he sees Jesus and says, that this is you, Lord, bid me come unto you. And Jesus says, Come. He steps out. He walks on water. We all know the story. But my point being is there, that miracle would have never occurred if there were not for that storm. If it were not for them being in the middle of that water, uh, that would have never happened. Um, Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 were in the will of God. God led them to Macedonia uh, in a vision by night, but yet they found themselves in a Roman prison, beaten unjustly and whipped, and uh, condemned. And they were found themselves bound from their, with their hands and their feet. But yet they were in the will of God. And something I was reading today, and God just placed it on my heart. I've read this a hundred times, but. And Job, the Bible says, God said, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Satan never asked to have Job. God recommended Job to Satan. That was a revelation to me. And sometimes we, 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 get, we confuse the confidence of God that He's placed in us for condemnation. When Job was not going through the storm because God was condemning him or because God, uh, Job was doing something wrong and he needed to be corrected, he was going through that situation, that adversity, that hardship because God allowed it to happen. God had enough confidence and enough faith in Job to tell Satan, have you considered Job? So don't let these trials in your life, don't let the enemy deceive you by thinking it's condemnation. The Romans says, Paul says, there's no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh, but by the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. That's confidence in God. And and here we find this situation in Luke 22 where the Lord, speaking to to, uh, Peter, He says, Simon... Satan desires to have you. Satan wants to have you. That he may sift you as wheat. And, you know, Jesus being omnipotent and has all the power that you can ever have. He could have simply said, but I'm not going to allow Satan to do this to you. I'm not going to allow this in your life, Peter, so it's okay. But instead, he said, but I have prayed for you. In other words, I'm going to allow Satan to have his way with you. I'm going to allow him to shake the foundations of your life. And I'm going to allow this crisis and this process in your life. But watch this, he says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. He did not say that I have prayed that your pride does not fail. I'm not praying that your self-confidence does not alter. I'm not praying that your ego does not get diminished. But I don't want your faith to fail. You can lose all those other things, Peter, but your faith is what I am concerned about. That's what I have prayed for. And uh, I, 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 I've read about this, this process, the sifting of the wheat. And basically what they would do in the days of old, they would take that wheat uh, and, and they would, uh, after it has been threshed and it's been uh, broken down, they would take that wheat into a pan or a pot. And when there was a stiff wind blowing, they would throw it up in the air. And the stiff wind would blow the chaff away, which was the case the casting or the the, the outer layer of the wheat, the, the trash, if you will, the wind will blow that away and the wheat would fall back down into the pan. And they would do that over and over again, throwing the wheat up in the air and the wind would blow the the excess away and the chaff away and the wheat would stay. And after a while, after they're done sifting, all that you have left is the wheat and thus it is purified. What I learned was the sifting of wheat is a purification process. It's a process of being purified and Jesus assured Peter that he would have survived the ordeal. He said, and when you are converted, when you are finished, when when you return unto me, he assured him that he would finish and make it to the other side. He did not promise him that his faith would not falter or that it would not waver, but he said, I've prayed that it will not fail. You may lose your ego, you may lose your, uh, your self-confidence, your pride may be stripped from you because of this process, because of this method, Peter, but your faith will prevail. And so we have this sifting of wheat that God allows in our life, this process, this method that God will bring Into our life. And Satan sees this process. He sees God sifting us. And and he sees us being thrown into the wind. And it's Satan's desire. He sees an opportunity. During this process. And it's Satan's desire. That you do not become purified. During the process. But it's his desire. That you get blown away. In the process. He wants to completely push you away from God. He wants to completely completely uh, separate you from him he wants to let the wind the things that God's allowing into your life the storm and the hardships tear you away from him he sees an opportunity and he wants us to be blown away like Judas Iscariot was and he wants nothing to be left when it is finished and Uh, We ask God, why would you allow this into my life? Why did God allow this to happen to Peter? And uh, Jesus gives us the answer when he says, when you return unto me, when you are converted, he said, strengthen your brethren. I'm allowing this into your life, Peter. It is developing you. It is purifying you. But guess what? I'm not only allowing this into your life because of the impact it will have on you, but because of the impact that it would have on others. So some things that we need to understand with God is, it's not always about us. It's not always about you that maybe something's happening in your life. Maybe you're enduring this hardship because not of what it's going to do to you, but because of what you can do to others when you make it to the other side. Because in the course of the process of the sifting of wheat, you grow compassionate because of what you're going through. And now because of what you've been through, because you've had cancer, before when someone calls you up and says the the doctor says I may have cancer will you pray for me you don't brush it off and put it to the side but now you have a sincere compassion for that person for that brother and that sister and you pray for them now because you've been through divorce or, or you've been through a certain trial and you've endured some things in your life you grow to be compassionate and Jesus was saying, Peter, I'm allowing this to happen because the man that I'm calling you to be, the leader that I want you to become, I've given you the keys. I've teach you all the principles. I've taught you everything. I want you to help others. I think of the parable of the good Samaritan. It's not called the good priest or the good Levi. Because the priests and the Levite, the ones that were supposed to be following God, the ones that were supposed to be in the will of God, they walked past the need. But it took a man, a Samaritan man that knew what it was like to be rejected. He had compassion on that man when he saw him. So he said, Peter, I'm going to allow this into your life so that you can help others. I want you to strengthen the brethren and because I, I I grew up in a single parent home. My parents divorced when I was 10 now because I watched my mother work three jobs as she was raising me and my son. When I see a single mother or I see a widow or I see a single parent, uh, I have compassion on them that uh, that I probably would not have otherwise and I pray for them. Because I live when the family, most of my family is addicted to pills and drugs and alcohol and I know what it's like to wake them, try and wake them up because they've been on the couch for three days and they won't move. And every time they wake up, they pop another pill. I know what it's like to reach and to find that pill bottle and flush it down the toilet. And when they wake up, they're upset with you. Because I've endured that in my life, I'm compassionate about people that are suffering with addiction and people that are suffering from depression because there's family members in my family that have committed suicide. I'm compassionate about that. So maybe that, 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 that process is going on in your life. God's allowed that into your life so that you can help others. Maybe it's not just about us. Maybe it's not just about you. Amen. So uh, if Paul and Silas were never in that prison to begin with, they never could have shared the gospel to that Roman jailer. If if uh, Job, we you hear about the book of Job? If if Job would have never endured the hardships uh, and the trials and the sufferings uh, that he endured, that that, that we have this, this his book in the Bible, how many people? How many people would have simply given up in this life? Uh, how many people have been affected by that book of Job? When when you're going through a suffering, when you're suffering because of a trial and an adversity in your life. We look back into the book of Job and we're comforted and we're encouraged and we're, we're, we're thankful because of the things Job went through. If it were not for what Job went through, how many people would have given up? How many people would have stopped coming to church? How many people would have let the enemy have his way in their life? Because of Job, because of what he endured and what he went through in Job 1.21, after the hardships, after he's lost everything, he makes this statement, he said, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away, but he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. In other words, he said, even though I've lost everything, he said, I'm going to bless the Lord in the good times and I'm going to bless him in the bad times. Even though I'm struggling right now, I'm still going to bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In Job 23 and verse 8, he makes this statement. He said, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. He said, Everywhere I look, I do not see God. I'm praying. I'm seeking his presence. But I can't even feel the presence of God right now but he says this statement in verse 10 he said but he knoweth the way that I take he knows exactly where I am and he says when he hath tried me when I make it through the process when I get through the other side he said I'm not coming out the same way that I went in he said I'm going to come out a better man I'm going to come out a better Christian he said I'm going to shine forth uh, like gold. When I make it to the other side, he said, I'm going to come forth as gold. Uh, I know God has a process. Uh, I know God has a purpose uh, for the storm. He has a purpose uh, for the trial and the adversity I'm going through. And then in Job 42 and verse 5, here's his conclusion of the matter. He makes this statement. He said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. I have always heard of you, God. I, 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 I've heard of you. I've served you. I, I've lived for you. But now, because of the process, because of the adversity and the suffering, now mine eye seeth thee. The process, the, the sifting as wheat, the suffering that he endured brought him closer to God. What you're going through. What you're suffering with right now. If we just keep our faith in him. Your faith may falter at times. Your faith may begin to waver. And you're not sure what the outcome will be. But you're human. and God does not condemn you for being human. He does not condemn you because you struggle. He does not condemn you because sometimes we get weak and we're not as, as powerful as we once were. We don't pray as much as we once did. But if you just don't let that faith fail, don't give up on God. Trust in Him. If you just make it to the other side, you will become closer to God. We're closer to God in our valleys than we ever are on top of the mountain. Amen. Praise God. And Jesus, he talks about the parable of the sower and the seed. In the Gospels, you read it all through the Gospels. He tells this same parable of the sower and the seed. And he mentions the sower walks out and some seeds go by the wayside. Some go by stony places. and. Others uh, fall among thorns. And then he says, talks about the seed that fell into good ground, pastor. The seed that fell into good ground. In Matthew 13 and verse 23, watch this. In reference to the seed that fell into good ground. He that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit. Because it fell onto good ground, it's a, he, he hears the word, you understand the word, and then you begin to produce fruit. Because it fell into good ground, it began to develop. It began to develop. And that begs the question, what, what is it that makes good ground? What is it that makes soil good? What's different from the good ground from all the other places? And uh, I'm not a genius in horticulture. I'm not a gardener or a farmer. I have a few family members that, that have done it in the past. But what I can tell you is soil that is good is soil that has been prepared, it's not soil that has been left alone. It's not soil that has uh, uh, just been pushed aside. It's soil that has been purposely prepared for the harvest, for the planting of the seed. In other words, it goes through a process there's 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 what they call the cultivating process it's you till the ground you plow the ground and and you pick you basically go in with that and you pick up the dirt and you turn it upside down and bring that fresh nutrients to the top and and you till it and you're cultivating the ground preparing it for the planting of the seed and and you don't know it but sometimes we're that soil and we like to be left alone we like it when everything's big left alone. There's nothing picking us up and throwing us around. But sometimes God, in order for us to become what He wants us to be, in order for us to develop into the person that God has purposed for you, He's got to cultivate us. He's got to come in and plow that soil. He's got to till it, pick it up, and turn it upside down. And next thing you know, your whole life, everything is shaking. Everything is uncertain because you're being tossed around to and fro. You're being picked picked up and thrown around and everything in our life is being uh, shaken and it's being twisted and it's being cast around But all all along God is doing this on purpose. Because in order to become what I want you to be. I've got to cultivate you. I've got to prepare you for this. You may not see it at the moment. But I'm preparing you for an anointing. I'm preparing you for the calling. I'm preparing you for the destiny. And the purpose that I have put on your life. It doesn't feel good but... That cultivating process is necessary. When you're picked up and turned around and flipped around and tossed side to side, it's 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 necessary. You've got to break up the soil and 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 I've got to, he's got to break us down in order to raise us up, Pastor. We've got to lose, like he said with Peter. I pray that your faith will not fail. Everything else that's that pride, that ego, that self-confidence, whatever that you think it is, uh, that that can go. All these things need to be broken down, but your faith cannot fail. Sometimes God has to break us down to lift us up. And and after you prepare the soil, after that farmer, that gardener would prepare the soil and he plants the seed, then he would pray for rain. Nowadays they have their own irrigation systems but in the days of old, in the days of Jesus, uh, there was no such thing. You plant, you prepare the soil, you plant the seed and then you pray for rain. Because soil needs to be cultivated and rained on to bear fruit. Every seed, every plant cannot survive without water. Some need more than others, but they all must have that water. In other words, they were literally praying for the rain. They were not praying, God, let every day be sunny and let everything be, uh, let everything be perfect and nothing happens. Uh, because the farmer knew, the gardener knew that if it was sunny every day, nothing would grow. They knew that in order for that seed to become what He planted it to be, what He purposed for it to be, that it would have to endure a few storms in its life. Uh, That there would have to be a few few storms come in and some rain begin to fall. And they would pray for that rain. God, let it rain. Let the storm come in. Let that storm come in, God, and let it rain. Let it fall on that soil so that seed that I planted can become what I wanted to be. We want every day to be sunny. We want every day to be perfect. We want everything to to be uh, easy for us. But what we don't understand is we need that storm. We need that rain in order to completely develop into what God has called us to be. Uh, Some of the, the, the greatest benefits to the seed come from the storm. This was interesting to me, but the the thunderstorm, every lightning strike that happens, that occurs, uh, it would break down the nitrogen in the air. Our atmosphere... Is consisted of 97, 98% of nitrogen. And so every lightning strike that occurs, it rips that nitrogen apart. And that nitrogen attaches itself to oxygen and becomes nitrogen dioxide. And that nitrogen dioxide, it it dissolves in water and it attaches itself to the rain. And it, it creates nitrates. And then it falls into the earth. It falls into the soil. And because of that storm, because of that thunderstorm, it, it, it creates the nutrients, the best nutrients that the plant could ever have. It literally, it's nature's, it's nature's course of fertilization. It would fertilize the ground for us. It fertilizes the ground Naturally. It's the way God designed it to be. It's the way God formed it to be. And that, that thunderstorm was actually the gardener's friend. That storm, is, is, is there's something in that storm that, that pulls something out of us. So when we're going through it, we cannot see it. When we're going through it, it's hard to, to, to define what God is doing. But can I tell you, there's something happening in the background. There, there's something that's happening into you. It's cultivating something out. Out of you, it's it's pulling something out of you that you never knew was there, but it's the way God develops us. And here we are going through this, this storm, we're going through these situations, these trials, these hardships, and and we ask God, why is this happening? And and all along, God is truly developing us. It's it's essential in our walk with God to become developed. The, the children of Israel, after, Jesus, after God pulls them out of Egypt, he, he could have just brought them directly to the promised land. He could have transported them into the promised land. But they had to go through the wilderness before. Before acquiring the promise, they had to endure the wilderness. Uh, the, the original twelve disciples, with the exception of Judas Iscariot, before they could become apostles, which means one that is sent, they had to first be disciples, which means one who follows. Before they could be sent out by Jesus, they had to learn to stay with Jesus. Because it was in that process of staying, the process of following him, where they were developed into what God had called them to be. Paul is the one, the the, the apostle that... He said was born out of due time. But Paul makes this conclusion in Romans 5 and verse 1. He says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand. And watch this. And rejoice in hope. Of the glory of God And not only so But we glory in tribulations also Knowing that tribulation worketh patience And patience experience And experience hope In other words this great apostle was saying That we glory in the tribulations Because it's the tribulations And the trials in my life That bring forth patience and perseverance And it's that perseverance creates experience Experience and character with God. And that experience is what gives birth to hope. In other words, he said it's a process of development. It's the way that God develops me. It starts with the tribulation, but it ends in hope. He says the very thing that the enemy has devised against you to defeat you, God is using to develop you. The very storm that Satan has brought in your life, Job, to get you to curse God is the very storm that God is allowing in your life to bring you closer to Him. The things that Satan is bringing into your life to try to defeat you and bring you down, God said, I'm allowing it to to develop you and to lift you up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's no wonder that Paul makes the statement in Romans 28, verse 8 and 28. He says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. If God be for us, He said, Who can be against us? It's hard to understand. It's hard to explain. But God has created you with a fortitude, with perseverance, and with the boldness that when the storms come in our lives and we're being shifted as wheat and everything is turned upside down we don't know what to do we don't know where to go but if you just keep that faith in him don't let your faith fail he said you will become better you will become stronger you will be closer to me It's God's method of development. It makes no sense. And uh, Musicians, if you will come, I'm coming to a close. It's the way God has designed us. Uh, He is the creator. He is the author and the finisher. We forget that He is the author and the finisher. He is this both. Uh, He's going to finish what He has started. God will not bring you to it if He does not think that you can go through it. He's placed us in that that storm, in that process. But he's also placed something in you that if you hold on to that faith, endure a little while. Those that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And I don't know who I'm preaching to. I've never preached this before in my life, but I could not get away from it. God's doing something. Even when we don't see it, He's working. Even when we don't know it, God is there. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, watch this. This same Peter that was sifted as wheat, this same Peter that God allowed this process to happen to, makes this statement. He says, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Pastor Peter knew this better than anyone because Jesus said, I'm going to allow you to be sifted as wheat. Peter said, I know what he is like. I have endured the process. But well, watch this. He says, whom resist, steadfast in the faith that's all it is, is faith. Not your pride, not your ego, not, your, not even your strength. Your faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Verse 10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, here is this conclusion of the matter. Watch this. After that ye have suffered a while, after you have endured the process, watch this, Make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. Peter's conclusion of the whole thing is, after the process, after you become sifted as wheat, if you just hold on to your faith in Him, he says God will use that process to perfect you, to establish, and to strengthen, and to settle you. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God and Satan both uses the storm. But Satan will use the storm to devour you. But God will use the storm to develop you. Satan will use the storm to push you away from God. He wants you to become nothing in the process. But God will use the storm to bring you closer to Him. To make you into everything that He has called you to be. We don't choose the mountains or the valleys that we go through, Church, but we do choose who gets the glory. I had a this last year at General Conference. I'm one thing and I'm done. This last year at General Conference and my first year there. That's such a wonderful time. I had an evangelist that he's, he's well known. And if I said his name, you probably know him. I've never met him in my life, though. He did not know me from Adam. He walks up to me, Pastor. I shake his hand. He said, the Lord wants me to tell you that you cannot have a valid anointing without suffering. Now I've got to be honest with you. I did not know what he was talking about. He said, the anointing God wants to give you will not come cheap. I told my wife that that night and we were both troubled. I wish that he would have never told me that. And ever since then, I can attest, trial after trial after trial. Two weeks ago, right right after I left here, I had an accident. I totaled our minivan. I was by myself, luckily, but I should have died. I should have died. But I'm still here today. Praise God. Praise God. So, when I get transported to the ambulance in the hospital, they do CT scans on my abdomen and they found that I have swollen lymph nodes in my stomach, my abdomen. And so, they fear that it may have been cancer. And so, I've been to a few doctor's appointments since then trying to see what the problem is. And I have no verification of anything yet. All I know is that I have been in this process. Yes, I have been shifted as wheat. But my faith in Him will not falter. And I'm here to tell somebody, you don't choose the mountains or the valleys, but you choose who gets the glory. If you'll stand with me right now, some way, somehow, you just got to reach down inside of you and find that fortitude and that perseverance God placed in you when he created you. And you need to let the enemy know, Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. For when I fall, he said, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Don't you count me down when I fall. Don't you put. Down as a W, don't you hang me up as a trophy, Satan? He said, Because when I fall, I shall arise. God knows exactly where I am, He knows exactly what He's doing. And when He has tried me, I shall come forth as God. Hallelujah! Let's lift up our hands right now and let's just worship God. Because he knows what you're going through. He has not left you nor forsaken you. He has seen every tear. You have cried. He has heard your sorrow. And you are in the process. If you will just trust in him, hold on a little bit. endure to the end. It's going to perfect you. It's going to strengthen you. And the Bible says it will settle you. Amen. Praise God. One, fa- one translation says he will place me on a firm foundation. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> I wonder if you'd come to the front tonight. I heard all the prayer requests. Obviously, there's some needs in this house. Obviously, we're going through some things right now but instead of sitting back and giving Satan the glory why don't we come to the front and give the Lord the glory because he knows where I am he knows the way that I take and when he has tried me Job said I will come forth as gold I'm not coming out the same way I come in I'm coming out better I'm coming out stronger I'm coming out closer to God